The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. CBS Sports is did it again. CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. Can't have that apostrophe on the wrong spot, Sean Wagner. People will get at you. I'm Will Brinson. Got the super friends here. Thursday night recap. Sean Wagner McGuff, Ryan Wilson, Johnny Breach. What's up, boys? Hey, hey, hey. Long time no talk. My breath smells like peanut butter. That's, that's, that's disgusting. All the peanut butter cups, man. It's Halloween. What would you oh, expect great. from me? Not to eat peanut butter cups? You know, I gotta be honest. Uh, so it's Friday morning when people are hearing this. Again, the Thursday night recap. We also have a, uh, picks pod in the feed that you can check out. Myself, RJ White, and Pete Prisco. Pete is desperately trying to get off the schneid. Um, he dressed up as a, uh, as a Danny, Danny DeVito from Twins to try and, uh, kick the bad mojo he's got going on his picks. Sean. Who is Arnold Schwarzenegger? RJ White. Okay. Did RJ actually dress up as Arnold? No, neither of them dressed up. It's just, but Pete is so small. Do you know what movie that is, Sean? No. Okay. But I know who Arnold is. You, th- I'm glad you know who Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger is. That's great. Um, I'll be back. Don't ever do that again. Anyway, hey, we're going to dive you into swing and you miss, but you got to swing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Shooter shoot. As, uh, as our new colleague Jonathan Jones likes to say on Friday, shooters shoot their shot. Pretty pumped to have JJ on board. Anyway, we're going to talk about, you know what shooters shot their shot tonight or Thursday night? Yeah. Jimmy G. Jimmy G shot his shot. He did. He, uh, all over the field sprayed it <laughs> left and right. It was incredible. Um, and he's eight and no, baby. I was talking about the end of the game, but also that. Yeah. Uh, what did he say at the end of the game? Post-game interview. I didn't hear it. You know. You don't remember? Nope. Oh, man. You're going to make me do the Jimmy Garoppolo impression? Yep. I figured, Brinson, here's the thing. I assumed you would have the audio queued up and ready to roll because that is a classic Brinson move. You're such an a-hole. I told you I couldn't find it. I was like, where is <laughs> wow. it? Wow. And now and we know that the without Evo. Brinson is incapable of having audio clips. Right? <laughs> we knew that a while, while back. I told you I was trying to find it, couldn't find it. What did he say, John? I didn't hear it. I'm going to go into the rundown. What did he say? He called Aaron Andrews baby. Wow. He said, ain't no baby. You still somehow tricked me into saying it. Uh, anyway, moving along. 
49ers Cardinals played a game of football. I tell you, this is a robust rundown that Debo built out here. It's all right. I'll carry on anyway. Tevin Coleman did not have a four touchdown performance. 12 carries for 23 yards. His team won 28-25. Jimmy Garoppolo, 28 of 37, 317 and four touchdowns. Emmanuel Sanders is top target. Seven catches on nine targets, 112 yards and a touchdown. George Kittle had an early score. Also screamed out at Buda Baker, I'm still here, Buda. George Kittle looks like a prime WWE candidate. And honestly, the star of the show, Kenny and Drake, you know, 162 yards total and a touchdown three days after being traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Arizona Cardinals, filling in for David Johnson, filling in for Chase Edmonds. Um, the 49ers held on. I wouldn't say it was an impressive effort. I would say it was a look ahead effort. Sean, I think I they disagree. Were... Okay. Go on. I think this was the game that convinced me the 49ers can win the NFC and should be considered the front runners in the NFC. Because it's the first time that it wasn't their defense doing what that defense has done through the first seven games of the season, beat up on really bad quarterbacks. We saw them tonight against, I would say Kyler Murray at this point is, I don't know if you call him good. Uh, he's very, he's, 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 no, he's good. He's, ex, he's explosive and he's capable of taking advantage of openings and that's what he did. And what I think we learned from the 49ers tonight is that Jimmy Garoppolo has this kind of performance in him because I don't think he's played this is probably the best performance. You didn't know that? You thought this was like a dormant feature that would never come yeah, back? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo has not been that good this year. No, but, but we've seen him be good. You thought he would just never be good. I think that's I've been the saying best for, seven, for seven or eight weeks that Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with an ACL and that he, the upside of this team was there. We what have not you? seen this until until on Thursday night. But I've been what, telling what you for that, seven weeks. Okay, it's, there. You, it's one thing, Brenton, for you to make one of your predictions. You also predicted the center was going to be offensive rookie of the year. Not all your predictions come true. Garrett I'm Bradbury's saying been great. that we finally saw it tonight. And us, me seeing this confirms that the 49ers are more than just a defense. And if Garoppolo is going to make the throws that he made um, to Emmanuel Sanders over and over again, there was that one throw that was like an out route on the sideline that was only like a 15-yard gain or whatever. But he threw that, and the ball was on Sanders as soon as he came out of his break. It was, I think, one of the best throws that you'll see this season. And I said on the trade deadline uh, recap pod, I named the 49ers as my winner because I thought Sanders was that big of an impact. If their offense can be this good moving forward, I think they're, they're the front runner in the NFC. Yeah, I actually agree with Sean. Um, I'm not sure why Brenton's. I don't sus- disagree, but it's weird that Sean is like suddenly he's like, "Well, the 49ers are here." Eight weeks no, later, he's just I, saying that Jimmy G he's finally been showed up. Blasting this team is like a fraud for eight weeks, and they've been twelve weeks. Yes. What are you talking about? I did before the season. The last couple of weeks, I've well, been saying your defense is as good as advertised. Maybe it's time. Maybe Maybe it's time for a mea culpa from you to apologize to Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan and Tevin Coleman. And Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle and Nick just, Bosa. Why would I apologize, Emmanuel Sanders? I just called the 49ers the trade deadline winners for acquiring Sean, Emmanuel don't, Sanders. Don't, just, 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 I don't understand what you're criticizing me here for. All I want to hear is, I'm sorry, Jimmy G. No. Say it. So anyway, Sean, quit feeding the troll. I'll follow up by saying <laughs> that one sort of caveat is that the Arizona defense is absolute dog doo-doo. Correct. That said, Sean pointed out to one of the passes that Jimmy GQ made. It was his best throw of the year, maybe his best throw of his career. It was that great, even though it was sort of mundane and that it was only a relatively short game, less than 20 yards. The touchdown throw to Dante Pettis was also super impressive. You do that against anyone, that's a touchdown. He seemed to move in the pocket really well. 
One concern, George Kittle hurt his knee on the very first drive. So we'll see what happens there. He hyperextended it, came back. He looked like he was limping a little bit. He scored the touchdown Let's, after he came back, though. After running over two people, including Buda Baker. Yeah, and yeah, I um, wouldn't be worried about any. Well, it may get, it may swell up, Dr. Brent. They got 10 days or 11 days, actually. Right. So anyway, I mean, the guy still went for over, what do you have? He had 79 yards. So he didn't look terrible, obviously, but he did to see a noticeably, noticeable limp. I think he'll be fine. Just something to keep an eye on. Um, the defense did their thing. I, I, I mean, hooray for Arizona. We can talk about the mistakes they made starting with Cliff Kingsbury in a little bit. But the 49ers ain't no. I've been on the 49ers bandwagon for quite a long time. My biggest reservation was Jimmy G. Played well tonight. Oh, this is the other thing. I I hate to say it because this is the best game he's played in a while, but he has the Eli Manning chuck and duck in him. And I wonder when he throws the ball, he immediately turns away from the pass rush, the Eli chuck and duck. And I wonder if that's going to catch up with him at some point where he sort of gets gun shy. We didn't see it tonight. It's just something I noticed. It seems sort of weird because usually quarterbacks stand in the pocket, they get hit, they get hit. But he is a, a chuck and ducker. Okay, it is. Um, it's a little odd that you guys are just glomming on to Jimmy G at this point. Breach. I'm curious. I mean, it'd be like it feels like a major overreaction. I mean, he played really well. But we're he, talking about the Thursday night game that Jimmy Garoppolo just played one of the best games, if not the best game of his career. And you're saying we're talking too much about Jimmy here Garoppolo? i think is what brinson's point is is that andy freaking dalton threw for 265 okay. yards and Thank two you. touchdowns against the cardinals so he's saying maybe we shouldn't overreact at the fact that garoppolo yes it was his best game of the season but he did it you know, consider the defensive competition that is what hey, Brinson's said that, saying and i think i'm in the middle of both of you guys because i think it was so good that you have to consider it that you have to say hey look he was spectacular, and that's exactly what you want to see if you're 49ers because, as Sean was saying, the defense have been carrying the team all season. I think Garoppolo only had one other good game, and that was against the Bengals in week two. And, again, competition. So no one – they kind of looked at that and said, eh, it was against the Bengals. Who cares? He goes dormant for six weeks, and then, boom, explodes in this game. And the thing was, it was how he did it. Sean mentioned that one throw to Emmanuel Sanders. He had the the goal line right before halftime – from the one-yard line, hey, let's throw a one-yard pass. He had to throw a laser in there for that to be complete. And if that's incomplete, they lose a touchdown there. You look at what he did on third down in this game, 12 of 14 for 159 yards and three touchdowns. That's insane. If your quarterback is going to put up those numbers on third down, you're never going to lose because you're going to convert every third down. Three touchdown passes on third down is just crazy. Uh, so I do think that Grappolo took a step forward but as Brenton was saying, you know, we can't put 100% of stock in this because it was against the Cardinals, but it's okay to be impressed and saying, hey, look, this team went from maybe a Super Bowl contender, but their offense is holding them back, to, hey, maybe this is the NFC favorite that Sean just said. So, yeah, I mean, I see what both you guys I are saying. I agree with all that. Yeah, I, I just think that you guys are sort of, I don't know, like, I don't want to – I don't know, the phrase I'm going to use is going to be inappropriate, but like you're sort of, Uh-oh. sort of yanking off to this singular throw from Jimmy G on an out route to Emmanuel Sanders. Like, well, he's here. He's arrived. Breach just mentioned his third down stats. I mean, that's what yeah, they were good. How we yeah, that's, that's Kyle Shanahan's like deep pants in Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury made so many mistakes in this game. It was unholy. That timeout when they got the stuff on the fourth down. Wait a second. Let's not gloss over what you just said. It's, Kyle Shanahan had nothing to do with Jimmy G making the three throws that we just mentioned. 
You don't think that Kyle Shanahan called the play and designed the play that Emmanuel Sanders ran on the route? He's the effing coach, man. He is unhinged. Brent has started this podcast by getting mad at me for saying Garoppolo is so great because he predicted that this was going to happen and Garoppolo was really great the whole time, but he was being held back from his ACL. And now he's shifted to, you guys are going too far calling him great. He's not really great. I, I said, I've been saying for seven weeks, that or eight weeks that there was the upside for Jimmy G to finally start getting to where he could be. And we saw that tonight against a very bad defense. My bigger concern is that the Cardinals, if they'd been had a modicum of offensive efficiency, should have won this game. They they went fifty six yards on the first drive and scored a touchdown. Then they went punt, 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 punt. Finally went a touchdown on their first scripted drive out of the second half. Seven plays, eighty eight yards, uh you know, five first downs. Very impressive. Then they got a field goal and a touchdown in the fourth quarter to kind of make it a game. I would be a little bit worried about the defense. My, my concern is that the defense regresses. Do you think if the defense regresses that Jimmy G can make up the difference? Like you're buying it at no, that but wholesale? Tom Brady, if that defense turns into a, a replacement level defense. Exactly. So that might be a problem. Fair enough. I can't disagree with that. I, what's, what is the line going to be Monday night in Seattle? San Fran at Ross. Jimmy Isn't G it at in Ross. Minus three and a half. Who's yeah, it? it's in San Francisco. Or oh, it's in, in San Francisco. Levi uh, Stadium. Levi Stadium. Okay, what's the line? Minus five. Minus four. Yeah, minus four. I'd say minus five, four and a half. Five and a half. I'd say give five me, and a half. Give me Ross all day. The, okay. See, Seahawks well, will fine. win that game. Mark it. That's fine. That's a, Seattle's a good football team. That guy who recorded they're... me saying that the Saints can't lose. Can't win. <laughs> Send me that clip of Brinson marking that. <laughs> Jimmy G looked awesome, but I mean, like they couldn't. They didn't run the ball particularly well against a very bad Cardinals defense. That's a that's sort of a concern. Is Seattle's defense good. Their rush defense is fine. Their pass defense stinks. They're okay. average. This should have been. This game did not play out the way it should have. If you're San Francisco and you want to go in and just pound the rock. It's awesome. They were up 28-14, and they gave up some late touchdowns once the Cardinals went to the, their hurry-up offense, right? I just think you guys are yanking off Jimmy G a little hard. Uh, can I clarify real quick what I was trying to say? Oh, boy. Is that if Jimmy G is playing this well, um, or if he has this kind of performance in him, which, okay, maybe you forecasted, but I did not forecast it because I haven't seen that through the first seven games. But if he can play this well – then I will take them. I actually now take them seriously as a team that can win the NFC. Whereas before, I was saying, what's going to happen when they play against an elite team that can score points? Can Jimmy G actually go back and score points? I wasn't so sure. Tonight provided evidence that he has it in him. Of course, he's not going to play this well in every single game, but they've seen him play this well in a couple games in January. If I made the Patriots minus five and a half on a neutral field against the 49ers, who are you taking? Patriots. And, and it's a route. It's a, what if I made it seven and a half? Mm-hmm. 49ers. I, you take, yeah, four, not, you take the 49ers not, plus seven and a half against the Patriots. They only lose by touchdown, yeah. Because Minus five of, and a half. I might be interested in that. Robert Sala, Kyle Shanahan, you were just talking up Kyle Shanahan. Patriots offense is not good. That's no. right. That's right. What and do you, I do want to say that they, the 49ers defense might do okay against Tom Brady because they have been the 49ers have been kind of just thrashing, destroying, devouring the statue quarterbacks. You know, Jared With no Goff, receivers. 
Jared Goff, uh, whoever started for the Redskins, was it Case Keenum, Colt McCoy? I don't even remember. It was that ugly Randy game. Kyle, Kyle Allen, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston. So this was the first time they saw a player like Kyler Murray. So They're that's, a, that's a Hall of Fame list of quarterbacks they played against, man. That's really well, that's what I'm saying. So Russell Wilson is going to be like a shock to their system because Kyler Murray is Russell Wilson light. So are they going to be able to handle Russell Wilson because they could barely handle Kyler Murray? So yeah, I think that you could definitely find concerns with this team. So. Brenton, if you want me to say they're not the best team in the NFL, I'll say it. So I, I like I, I've been on the San Francisco bandwagon for a few weeks, so I'm happy to stay on that bandwagon. I'm glad Jimmy GQ played better. Why are you sure? You, you guys have a lot of bandwagons. I'm just saying that. I, I just, I'm just not sure Ryan's been on this bandwagon. It's like I've been aboard the San Francisco bandwagon for nine years now. I said they were the best <laughs> team in the NFC when we did the midseason awards. Yeah, good good call, bro. They're undefeated. <laughs> They're seven and zero. <laughs> what a bold proclamation <laughs> by you. Yeah, guys, I think the Patriots might be the best team in the AFC. So I think I'm on their bandwagon. You officially. needed a little more biting sarcasm to make that really effective, but I agree completely. I was about to say it. Honestly, we should stop debating the 49ers and talk about how Freddie Kitchens killed this game for the – I mean, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> Kingsbury – that, that was actually very funny, Breach. Okay. Kingsbury stinks as a game manager. He is awful. I mean, he's awful. He doesn't know when to kick. He doesn't know when to go for it. He has no clue how to challenge. Like it's like he's operating on a college level because you can tell he's waiting for the the booth review to buzz in and and check on the play instead of throwing the challenge flag. There was a very clear opportunity to challenge in that game. He didn't do it. He is well, not. Wait a second. I saw well, you tweet about four, that. That was a four yard completion. It was a four yard gain. What? That's I mean, not it, worth a challenge. Is that going to make a difference? Wasn't it in the red zone to make it third down? It was, a, it was like a first and no. ten. And it was a first and ten. Four yards four to four like yard. the twenty yard line. So it would have yes. been second and ten. <laughs> You don't, you don't waste the challenge in that situation because then you have to hit your next challenge to get the third one. No, if, if he had challenged that, a lot of people would be like, he's going to win, but is it really worth wasting one of your challenges? No. That's right. It was a four-year game. There was a plenty to criticize him in this game for. I, I was like fine challenging that. All right, what else would you criticize him about? Well, the end of the first half was a debacle. But that said, listen, here's the thing. They didn't have Before to Sean out, me, that's fine. Let, go ahead. Let me, let me finish. The first. The, he calls timeout with four seconds to go. On a terrible play call by uh, the 49ers, they ran straight up the middle, didn't block one guy, and the running back got blown up in the backfield. The, game, the half would have been over, and it would have been, I think, a one-score game at that point. Uh, he calls timeout because he wants to see what the, the 49ers are going to do. And then the next play is the one um, Breach mentioned earlier, the sort of quick out to to Manny Sanders. That was a, a great throw, touchdown, and they go up, I think, two scores at that point. So, look, if, if the plays have been reversed and he called a timeout, no one's complaining. But it's just sort of the latest incident of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury doing something stupid. I don't really – it's unfortunate. He should have someone in his ear telling him what to do. But that, that that's not why they lost the football game that play. All right. Wait, they didn't lose the football game by the 49ers getting a free touchdown when the Cardinals lost by three? But he called him out before I, the play happened. I don't understand. I mean, you've yeah, been dumped on. on this. I, I like you guys can criticize. Wait, are we talking the, the play right before the end of the half? I tweeted the second it happened, the four, the, the 49ers will score here. And they, they immediately scored a touchdown. It was very obvious. Uh, you talk about me going out on a limb. Great call, genius. Uh, if you call timeout before the play happened, John, if he no. called me, what? But nobody on the field hurt. They ran both the Cardinals and the 49ers ran the play. The fact that the official knew that he called timeout. I, you it don't all, hear the whistle. It was a I'm horrible saying, decision to call a timeout. 
But the I'm problem- saying that if he doesn't call that timeout, the play plays out the same way because no one on the field heard it. So I am saying the timeout absolutely let the 49ers score a touchdown. Fair enough, but that doesn't change the fact that he called the timeout before the play happened. So we know how it happens. Yes, we saw into the future. What we it does, what it doesn't change happened. either, Ryan, is the final score: twenty-eight to twenty-five. Take away yeah, touchdown. The, the whole game. I hate that. I hate those arguments because I'm, I'm with you. It's a bad timeout, obviously, because we know how the play turned out. But if if they the stop, play's been reversed, you're not the, saying anything. The whole second half plays out differently. You can't yeah. say for certain how the game turns out. I actually think the worst move he made was the challenge at the end of the yes, game. Hundred percent. That one was a. It's a spot challenge for anyone that didn't watch. It was on what third down and Kevin Cole. It was Cohen. a terrible. It was a terrible challenge. Kevin Cohen just barely gets the first down. Uh, barely, you know, tight tight walking the sideline. Um, and he throws a challenge flag right before the two minute warning when he only has two two timeouts left. First of all, any spot challenge usually like ninety nine point nine percent of the time they just don't get overturned. Like we've been over this. They don't shift some the balls. It's used by chains. It's just not worth doing it. Second of all, and everyone watching the replay before he threw the challenge flag could see that Tevin Coleman had not stepped out of bounds. Not and that, that's true. Well, maybe he wasn't watching any replays or he had no one watching the replays. I think that was actually worse than the than the calling timeout. And I will say about the calling timeout thing in the first half, he really bailed out Kyle Shanahan because if that timeout does not get called, we are ripping Kyle Shanahan. Right. From the one yard line, calling a run up the middle and jumbo, which was the most predictable play call. Um, and I'm blocking one guy that made the tackle. By the way, if you want to blame Cliff Kingsbury for something in the, the first half, after that timeout he called, he should have told everyone to grab anyone who runs a pass pattern and get pass interference on every single play. That's something you can yell at him about. And then well, make that's, a that's high level stuff that like only Bill Belichick's going to do. Cliff Kingsbury's out here mangling basic coaching decisions. Yeah, no, he's, no, no. he look. He's a first year head coach. They screw it up all the time. Wait a second. He's a first year NFL head coach. He's been coaching football for a long time. Yeah, but, I, but it's, I, it's different. I mean, it's like playing. Um, you know, Ryan, we we play hoops all the time. It's like playing on a college, you know, college three point line versus NBA. I would pay to line. watch you guys play hoops. I I am literally the worst basketball player you'll. Yeah, I know Ryan would demolish you, <laughs> one knee and all. No, I would I would I would muscle Ryan down. He would, he would file the crap. Can I point something out, by the way? Debo put it on our Facebook page. Where can we find that Facebook page, Wilbur? Uh, Facebook.com, search Pick 6 Podcast. It's a private group. You can join. Debo will approve or perhaps deny you, and then we'll answer your questions. Uh, John Breach does a weekly Thursday gambling Q&A. Ryan does something, and Sean probably does something, too, and I jump <laughs> I in there I do something on Thursday, too. Okay. Well, here's what I wanted to mention. Debo put a poll up about who um, – what was the poll about athleticism? And I somehow came in first among all you chumps. Uh, you know what? We'll answer that after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. So who's the most, who's the, uh, who did the, the, uh, pick six? What, 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 what do we, what do we decide the people who listen are? The pick six army? Pick sixers? Pick sixers? I don't remember. We had something a few, a while That's ago. what I called them in my Facebook post today. You said, hey, pick sixers. Actually, I like that. Um, Sean, I feel like you could be a character on Silicon Valley. He's uh, not. Really? I know nothing about coding. Uh-huh. Right, but you could be like Big Head. <laughs> That's rude. Yeah, you're definitely. <laughs> <That's mean. laughs> he he made he got rich. I'm yeah, not, like, I would be Big Head. Uh, that's true. I would like to be useless and rich. Just eat, drink some soda. Hey, You're halfway there, Sean. Up, I don't right? drink soda, though. I haven't even had a single piece of candy today. Even though you were offered multiple times, as he told us before the podcast, poor Sean, everywhere I went, people offered me candy, and I didn't take it because I don't take candy This from guy strangers. in the black van was like, do you want some candy? I was My like, no, mother I don't talk, eat sweethearts. I'm allergic to sugar. So here's the question that Debo put on Facebook a few days ago. Which super friend would be the best football player get drafted the highest? I somehow beat out all three of you monkeys um, by substantial margin, by the way. I'm fine with that. I, I didn't play football. I'm not going to. I didn't play football either, Sean. The, the, just, all right, now here's a new poll that Debo should put up. How what? many times has Ryan showed this poll to his wife? Four, oh. <laughs> five, six, or seven? <laughs> Over seven. <laughs> or more, I guess. Who came in second? Because if Brenton beat me, that's nah, just, you know, the poll's invalid. Though. No, Sean, uh, John was second. And I think, John, are you older than Brenton? No, no. we over this. Oh, okay. I'm, okay. I am sneakily athletic. I think you're sneakily last. You're ahead of Azer, <laughs> but three feet tall. You're, you're ahead of Azer, but three feet tall. But yeah, so thank you to people who voted because that made my day. Is it possible? Is it possible that we're all on a, like a post sugar high? This is the most contentious a podcast has been. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like, is it? Is it the lack of Debo? Is it the excessive red wine that we've all been drinking? Is yes. it the? I'm not it's, drinking. It's Halloween. It's me. It's, it's a witching hour. You, you've, I know this is good. I mean, honestly, why don't you bring this fire more often? Like, where's this been the last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, I mean, Whoa. I, mean, I, I said this like over the summer, I feel like, you know, sometimes like I can tell when like you've got the energy. I'm like, all right, it's going to be a lively podcast. Sometimes you're lacking it, man. Hey, well, it is, a, more thing it is a daily show. It gets kind of old talking to everybody. On a day. <laughs> 10 shows a week. Sometimes you just something, something, something makes Brinson go crazy. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's true. One more thing from from the game, and then we can move on and, and do some news. I feel like this is what we should do. Yeah, Andy Isabella, yeah, eighty-eight yard touchdown, mm. big deal. Only his third catch of the year, so he made a I nice look, move. Yeah. Nice move. I do want, season. and also everyone's talking about the the run after the catch, which was incredible. But that throw by Kyler right there was like a twenty-five yard out um, and man coverage with the the defender trailing him slightly underneath. Like that had to be a pitch perfect throw. Otherwise, that's going to be intercepted and potentially returned all the way because it's a sideline throw, and it was perfect. That's why, despite all of Cliff's problems, and mm-hmm. look, Kyler made a couple of bad throws, I remain very encouraged about the Cardinals long-term. Um, look, they're 3-5-1. and one. They've already won the amount of games they won all of last year. Their offense looks substantially better than it did last year when they were the worst offense in football. Every single week, you see moments from Kyler that it's like, okay, I understand it. And let's not forget how bad every other quarterback has looked against this 49ers defense. Jared Goff threw for, averaged like what, 3.3 yards per carry? He was like a terrible running back in that game. Well, 
just worth noting that the Cardinals had 15 passing yards or 15 total net yards in the first half. So they, they okay, took, but he ended up with 241. No, I, I would actually say that, uh, Sean is underselling it here to a degree. I think that at this point through nine weeks of the season, I, 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 I honestly believe this. Uh, Steve Kine, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have all saved their jobs with the way they played for next year. They, th- what we have seen has been good enough. Yes. Barring a complete and total just you, two you know, or three. What's that? Two well, or three. I agree with. Let me ask Who's Sean this because he just said he just said the Cardinals. You feel like they're set up well for the future because they have Kyler Murray. Where would you rank them over the next five years in the NFC West as far as being set up for the future? Third. I mean, yeah, that's tough because it's a diff- third or fourth. I mean, it's it's such a deep division. I will say this though. I think by the end of this season, we're not going to be looking at, I think Kyler won't be the worst quarterback in the division. And I think maybe there's already an argument to be made that it's Jared Goff and not Kyler Murray. Well, I mean, that's, that's all fine and dandy and I don't disagree, but like. You were on my side like 30 seconds ago. No, no, I, I I don't disagree. Like, but I, I just think that this is a, it's a very fluid situation. I mean, two weeks ago, we're like, well, there is an out Welcome in Jimmy Garoppolo's. No, we're like, there's an out in Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, Jimmy G is here to save the world. I mean, of course, it's a, it's a daily podcast and we're reacting to what we just saw. I'm just saying you see enough from Kyler in every single week to understand why he could actually be great. Um, I'm trying to, uh, that's Katie Nolan and it's, she's, there's somebody on ESPN dressed in a Rams jersey with spiked hair and it was terrifying. I didn't, I didn't know who it was. The Hall- I don't know if I liked it. Why aren't we dressed up for Halloween? I had a Zorro costume, but I couldn't find it. I'm dressed up as Baker Mayfield. Mm. Shout out. All right, let's go. What's, what, what, what's in Sean's the Sean's dressed up as Shout a Shout out to Lewis and, for and, the danger hey, shirts. Katie Nolan's dressed up as Jared Goth. Not Jared Goth. Uh, Jared Goth. That's actually pretty clever. That's pretty clever. No, but My I, friend I, dressed I, up as Sean McVay. I tweeted a picture of it. It actually looks pretty incredible. I was going to be Gardner Minshew. My wife vetoed it. So there you go. Uh, my, my point is that I just think that this division in particular, I think Russ is far and ahead of everybody else, but this division yeah. in particular with golf and Kyler Murray and Jimmy Garoppolo, you can't get too far ahead of yourself when decide, like we can't look at this and be like, okay, well, Jimmy G is definitely number two in this division. I mean, he could go back to being number four very quickly. But he's definitely the handsomest. I would take Jared Goff and Banana Republic over Jimmy G and Ain't No Baby. Whoa, man! That you give, me, give, me, give me the blonde surfer. I'd go with the blonde surfer <laughs> over the. Uh, I might take. I might take Kyler. Frankly, <laughs> I think Jimmy G's a little overrated. If we're talking long term, like next ten. All right, years, Sean, I- how would you rank the four NFC West quarterbacks on handsome, handsomeness? Oh. <laughs> Garoppolo's one. Why are you even thinking about this, Sean? I, I mean, they're all good looking. I think we're sort of <laughs> sleeping on Russ. Russ is kind of a handsome. Yeah, we're sleeping Russ on is, Russ. I mean, are we counting personality? I guess that. Of course, yes. Uh, well then, pretend you're a pretend you're a attractive female Bay Area porn star. It's probably Who are you okay, dating so it's first? Probably Jimmy. I mean, oh, then it's probably Kyler. I don't even, I barely know anything about Kyler's personality, but that's how much I hate Jared Goff and Russell Wilson's personality. Oh, man. And then put Jared Goff and Russell Wilson in, in last time. I'm going to spend the entire <laughs> evening going back and isolating that time. Are you going, oh, 
<laughs> every every <sighs> Thursday night so slatter, Friday podcast for the rest of the year, we get to rank each division's quarterbacks by handsomeness. Ryan, which uh, which if you had to marry, the new, <laughs> I know you're not trying to do. I know you're not trying, Ryan's to, trying to go to bed. A one night okay. stand. Which uh, NFC West quarterback are you trying to marry? In the news, what do we have with Trent Williams? What's going on with Trent That's, Williams? Feels like a very bad segue, but we'll go there anyway. All right. Um, who would you marry? You got to marry one. <laughs> Ross, Jimmy G, Goff, or Kyler? Um, Russ has the most money, so I'll go with Russ. That's a good answer. Also, <laughs> yeah. okay, settle down, down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> you think that segment was fun? Where did we get the quarterbacks? It's candy. Um, the uh, apparently we're doing that. The uh, so Trent Williams. This this is insane. The Trent Williams thing is insane. He was he returned to the Redskins on Thursday, and in front of reporters, basically said that six months ago he had cancer, and the Redskins didn't catch it. And he went to a specialist and they finally realized he had this rare type of cancer and they stopped it from spreading to his brain. And, uh, long story short, yada, yada, yada. He doesn't want to play for the Redskins anymore. Can you believe it, Ryan? Weird. Just the latest. Uh, and he also said that he felt like the Redskins were being vindictive by not trading him until like the last to the 11th hour. And clearly nothing came of that because he's still on that team. Uh, and this goes back to the off season when he made clear that he had concerns about the the medical staff and the Redskins in general. He says he has no issue with Dan Snyder. They asked him if he had any issues with Bruce uh, Allen, the GM, and he said, "Next question." Pull the old Drew Rosenhaus on him. So yeah, this is unfortunate for him if it's true. And uh, again, and we say this every time we talk about the Redskins, it's unclear what they're doing, what their plan, what their motivation is. Why Dan Snyder employs Bruce Allen? It's it's unclear to me because he does not seem to be a personnel guy in, in terms of getting the right players on the team. I was going to say around the quarterback, but Dwayne Haskins has struggled. They have one player in Terry McLaurin, and other than that, it's an absolute poop show. It's insane that they wouldn't – that they would be – like, I get it if, if this guy just randomly started holding out and you refused to cave to his demands. You're like, we're not trading you. We will not do it. But to – had this situation, Sean, with like where he's diagnosed with cancer, just let him go, man. Like that was my takeaway. Like free Trent Williams, or like, let him, or take the first round pick in exchange what, for well, Trent what Williams. Is, like what are you and also, doing? The thing with the Browns offering the first round pick, do they understand how bad the Browns are right now and how high that pick might actually end up being? Well, I think that's that's the interesting thing is that it was apparently. Dorsey, John Dorsey, the Browns GM, offered it earlier in the season. Was like, maybe they were two and two. He's like, hey man, our line stinks. Hey Bubba, listen, boy, can we, uh, just give me Trent Williams to get a first round pick? And, and they were like, nope, nope. And then at two and five, they call him like, hey, uh, we'll do that first round pick. They're like, yeah, we'll do a first round pick in Denzel Ward. It's like, what are you, what, what are you doing? What are the, what are you doing? What on earth do you think, like, what business do you think you're operating where that is acceptable? It's just it's not. Also, like, the timing of this was so, like, fitting just in terms of how it shows how dysfunctional they are compared to, like, not just NFL teams. but The teams Nats, yes. It's the day after the Nats win the World Series and yes. everyone in Washington is happy. And then this comes out and it's like, this, I, 
I, you can't be put into words how this symbolizes the incompetence of the Redskins organizations and how you remember when who was it? Um, why am I who got into the Hall of Fame? And they're like, oh, I didn't get a call. Champ Bailey. I was like, yeah. I didn't get a call from the Redskins. And Trent, didn't Trent Williams come out and say no one from the Redskins visited him in the he hospital? He was in the hospital for Chicago? two weeks. And no one visited him from the or called him. I, You're I a billionaire with multiple like executive assistants who make hundreds of thousands of dollars each, and you can't send flowers. You can't send someone up there and be like, "Hey, man, Dan's really busy with the Redskins charity stuff, but he would love to come see you." But uh, I'm here to tell you that everything's cool. Or Bruce Allen can't pop up there. It's insane, Breach. It is insane. And you know what? Here's the other part that kind of blows my mind. And, and throws a whole nother wrench in this whole thing is that he didn't pass his physical. So, like, after all this time, he shows up, and it was one of those things where he said his head still hurts. So we don't know if it was Jalen Ramsey, my back hurts, or if his head actually hurt, because obviously we just talked about how serious this issue was, but because he so badly does not want to play for the Redskins. And so that's one thing to think about here is, though, if they would have traded him, he could have failed the physical. He gets to Cleveland after you trade a first round pick and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you can't play. You've got, you know, that's things not completely healed yet. Then that would have created a whole nother weird situation. So this is really one of the weirdest situations we've seen, especially because he is a top 10 left tackle who has just is not playing right now. And, and that's unheard of at this position. And so I, this is just a whole circus. And you guys already said it. It just needs to be free Trent Williams. Let him go. Get him out of Washington. There is bad blood there. It's hostile. You don't want that situation. He hates the organization. They released that completely ignorant statement about how they're going to have the NFL and NFLPA look into the timeline of everything. It's like you're calling this guy out. He just had a cancerous tumor in his head. And now, you know, like how just dumb do you look when you are calling out your own player who had a cancerous tumor in his head? I don't know how your PR could be any worse. And how, and you got to think about how this impacts how players who potentially when they're looking around a free agency looks at the Redskins too. Cause I think, you know, players obviously care about, um, and I don't know who Trent Williams is represented by, but these guys share agents. And, um, so like Brenton was saying, you, you understand if this was the guy holding out because he didn't like his contract, you don't cave in that sense because you don't want to set a precedent where all these suddenly players think, Oh, I can hold out and get a new deal. This is setting like the opposite type of precedent where everyone's going to look at this and be like, do I really want to sign with that organization after they just screwed over like their best player? I want According to, read... to the Washington Post, Williams said the growth was removed weeks before it would have reached his brain and become life-threatening. Yes, the, this freaking tumor was about to eat his brain and kill him. And I want to read two statements. One, you mentioned the Redskins statement. Wait, before you read that, Prince, I just want to say real quick, and that was the whole thing, is that the Redskins, he's saying the Redskins training staff refused to like look more into it, refused to say, hey, that might be a tumor. And that's why he kept playing. He was playing with this in his head because the Redskins training staff did not refuse to believe this thing existed. Right. So here, no, no, I mean, like, it's, it's crazy. He said, my head hurts. And they're like, ah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Here's a statement for the Redskins. The Washington Redskins have requested that the NFL's management council convene a joint committee with the NFL PA to review the medical records and the medical care given to Trent Williams. We've requested this review under the NFL's collective bargaining agreement that provides for an independent third party review of any NFL player's medical care. 
The Redskins continue to prioritize the health and well-being of our players and staff. Due to health care and privacy regulations, we are unable to comment further at this time. We look forward to the Joint Committee's results. Now, here is a direct quote from Trent Williams to Kareem Copeland of the Washington Post. I just had my whole head opened up. I lost 30% of my scalp. It's not going to feel great. It's going to take some time. Are you kidding me, Redskins? Have you lost your mind? This guy had his head open up and had like a third of his scalp removed and you want to like bang him for some money on over a medical debate? This is insane. They've lost their minds. Yeah, but that's that's nothing new. This team is not going to be anything until burn this first. team to the ground. This Dan Snyder's the worst owner in sports. That's what I was like, garbage. can we just fold them into like an expansion draft where everyone just picks players off of them and let's bolster every other team so we have better quality football without the most incompetent organization? What if we, what if we take the Chargers and the Redskins? We fold yeah. them, we fold them and we move them to Topeka, Kansas. And they all live together in Topeka on a team with a decent healthcare staff and a, and a, and a set of coaches that are absolute trash. How does that sound? I feel like it's kind of, I mean, the Chargers are dysfunctional, but it's even rude to compare the Chargers to the Redskins. They're the West Coast Redskins or less. What offensive. would the, what would the team be called? Actually, before you guess that, if we're going to do, and this is just me being pedantic, we should do the geographic center of the United States if we're going to do that. And do you guys want to take a guess where the geographic center of the United States is? Kansas is actually a good guess, but it's not Kansas. Wyoming. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Topeka, even though that's wrong. Topeka is actually not a bad place to Colorado. Play. All right, uh, Wagner McGough. Are you Wyoming. doing geography? Oh, Wyoming. That's not a bad guess either. It's actually, let's see, 20.8 miles north of Belforce, South Dakota, in a field. So the field's already there for the football stadium. Perfect. For the football stadium. So <laughs> Belforce. I don't know what you're going to be called in South Dakota, what your mascot is, but Bisons. either there to pick a Kansas, that's going to be the new team for the Chargers and the Redskins. Perfect. And once uh, Philip Rivers retires and then Bruce Allen, who's obviously still employed by this team somehow in the year 2040, uh, fails to draft another quarterback, they just sign a 45-year-old Carson Wentz. Oh, and I got and their name. They to- could be the South Dakota Pheasants. That's the state bird of South Dakota. <laughs> Boom. Hey, do you want a, uh, do you want a guaranteed zero out of zero fun fact? Yeah. Fun Can't fact, look. once in Topeka, Kansas, I bought uh, the a CD, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Fillmore East, the first show with the machine gun. Why are you in Topeka? Uh, why are you telling us this story? Know, he wanted to get the zero out of zero, which he achieved, but I want to know why he was in Topeka, Kansas. Right, let's move on. Gets me fired up, man. That's messed up. Josh Gordon was released... By the Redskins, he was placed on IR and then released on uh, Thursday. I don't think he'll be claimed by the time this podcast airs. So where will he end up going? John I was going to give you guys this this insight, but Brinson cut me off last podcast because he was angry about something. I look, it, it goes, it's a waiver wire, so it goes by worst team to, to, to best team. And if he clears all those, then he becomes free agent. The Steelers should be in the Josh Gordon business if he's healthy and you know where he's supposed to be mentally and all that. Because they have no wide receivers that can get open. They have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's the number two. James Washington hasn't progressed. Dante Moncrief refuses to catch the football. Josh Gordon would be uh, someone they could bring in, and he could help immediately. Done. You're, okay. you're, you are Why? squarely in the uh, beat reporter stance. There's like – like uh, who are the beat reporters for the Steelers? Oh, Ed Bouchette, Jim Wexel. All those guys are like, I'm telling you, Mark Steelers Cavalli. playoff run. 
It's happening. Okay, I think we probably all agree, though, that the Steelers could use Josh Gordon. But the problem is that there are 11 teams ahead of them on the waiver wire. And so you look at those 11 teams, and then you say, could one of them snatch Gordon, and then all of a sudden he's not available for the Steelers. I think we can all agree that the Dolphins and Bengals are going to pass. If you're the Dolphins, you're tanking, you're not adding talent. Mm. I mean, keep going, but I was going to say Dolphins, but keep going. Right. You think the Dolphins will take? I'm with Sean. Sean, explain to him why. Well, let, let Breach keep going, and then uh, Sean can I'll say I'll give my argument after. Uh, all right, so I Breach do not is, think the Breach Dolphins. Breach is worried he's going to get dunked on now. But go ahead, Breach. Oh, well, I mean – He's going to bring up the compensatory formula because you can add another draft pick. Yeah, I know how this works, Sean. It's not my first time covering the NFL. Wait a minute. I wasn't taking oh. shots on you. That was okay. Brenton taking shots wow. on you. Sean got, Sean, Sean got collaterally dunked on. I like it. I was I like like it. sitting here letting you finish, and I was just going to say so if, if If a team does pick up Josh Gordon and then loses him after the season because his contract expires, they will get a compensatory pick. So that is the incentive for any team to grab him. But you don't want to add a disgruntled guy to your locker room for eight weeks just to maybe get what a fourth round pick. So why would he be disgruntled? If you're the Dolphins, think I Josh think Gordon wants to play for the Dolphins. Oh, just in Miami, not in general, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just if he's with a horrible, horrible, horrible team. Okay. So I think top three: Dolphins, Bengals, Redskins. That's the top of the waiver claim order. I do not think those three would get him. Then you got the Falcons and Jets. I don't think Adam Gase is crazy enough. Dan Quinn's too busy worrying about his job. Six, seven, Giants, Broncos. You guys think either of those teams? Giants, they need a wide receiver. Get rid of Del Beckham. I know our, one of our editors, Dan Schneier, thought that a, uh, be a nice move for the Giants to grab Josh Gordon. So. Broncos just got rid of Manny Sanders. Broncos have no business claiming. No, they don't, but. A guy who had also, Giants. also maybe not the best geographical fit. It's legal, at least. Still get tested. What's what's next? Who else is on that list, John? Uh, after the Broncos, we have the Buccaneers, then the Browns, well, then the God, Chargers. That would I mean that would just be the the Browns. Yeah. Chargers make some sense too. He's coming home. Uh, then the Bears and then the Steelers. He should be disgruntled above all else if he goes to Chicago because that will be the death knell of the rest. Do of it, season. do it, Ryan Pace. Go get that comp pick. What are you going to trade? That? I mean, Bleach already laid out my, it's not like some galaxy brain thing. I'm just saying like, there's no harm in taking a player. Even if he's disgruntled, you're terrible. Anyways, you don't want to win games. The dolphins we've said all along have known that their entire strategy is to stack draft picks. Why not go get another one? And that's the argument. It wasn't okay. some elaborate thing. So you got dunked on Sean. Is there any chance he becomes a free agent? No. Because no. the Patriots would probably reclaim him again. Somebody will exactly. claim him. Exactly. The Packers, the Seahawks. Oh, like Sanders should definitely. There's no way game. he's becoming a free agent. I would say 0% of that. Sean, what do you think is the percentage that the Dolphins grab him? I, ugh. I, I say it's like well. 33%. 20%. I mean, they have Devontae Parker. That'll take care They'll take catches. Ooh, that's good <laughs> that's good they have us. Preston Williams. They have Albert Wilson. I mean. Wow. What a, take? uh. What a, the what Eagles, a greatest show not, on turf. Eagles would take him if he fell that yeah. low. I mean, I don't know if he's – I think Breach might be right, though. I don't know if he's making it to the Steelers. I mean, because I could see the Chargers who aren't dead. Um, Giants. Wanting him. I could see the Giants wanting him. I mean, the Giants just traded for a guy who's going to be a free agent after the year, so they, they're clearly not necessarily concerned about – Who's that? 
Um, the Jets. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Let's and move on. Wait, we have sorry, serious the, matters to handle here, Breach. With with the Nationals, they were 19 and 31, and then they won the World Series. That's a winning percentage of 380. The NFL team closest to that right now is the Chargers, 375. They're the only team even in that time zone. Yeah, so. And we've talked about how the 60 in the AFC could be that 8 and 8 team. So not sure that's called the time zone, but we'll let it fly. Um, <laughs> John Breach said. They're the only team within that time zone. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah that's me, the point. Okay, so uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> speaking, speaking of weird things that Breach says, um, I almost blurted this out when I saw you put it in the rundown. It was so hilarious. I didn't do that. Deep and I were talking about this earlier, and I was like, "He's like, all right, we're just gonna let's play this by here and see what happens." So Breach, I don't know where did you say this, but this is in the Facebook group. In the AMA. Someone also asked me about Trubisky, and I gave an answer to. So. And someone else actually asked, uh, "Will is Brinton and tagged me? Thank you. Uh, going to be more or less under the influence than normal for tonight's more. TNF recap due to his Halloween outing." Uh, the answer is more, but not you know not substantially more. I mean, yeah. all right. Look, I made a list for every. I actually took this seriously. Wait, 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 we haven't told him. We haven't told him what we're doing. Well, let's go. Breach, no one cares about you. Breach, I'm, I'm trying to good. make sure we get to an hour and 30 minutes. Breach in the AMA. <laughs> just kidding. It's we're, Thursday. For we're getting to an, it's going to be an hour even. Relax, guys. Uh, Breach in the AMA said that Andy Dalton is the almond joy of quarterbacks. So first, John, is that a compliment or an insult? Well, I love almond joy. So me too. It's a compliment. Now, let me say real quick that the question came from Dylan Hager and his exact question was, cause we started comparing NFL quarterbacks to Halloween candies or just candies overall. And his question was, who is the Andy Dalton equivalent of Halloween candy? And obviously my answer was Almond Joy because I feel like that is Andy Dalton, the Dalton line. If you have a guy better, a franchise quarterback, a guy below, not a franchise quarterback, that's what Almond Joy is of candy. Like if someone gives you one, Mm. you'll take it. But if there's something better lying around, you're definitely – if there's a Reese's Cup, you're going to eat the Reese's Cup. But if there is some – Bido Chew or Charleston Chew, you're eating the Almond Joy. So it is right in the middle. It's, it, it, it is, nobody hates Almond Joy, but nobody loves Almond Joy. It is just Almond Joy. My mom hates Almond Joy because she yeah. hates coconut. And I, your mom hates Andy Dalton. And it's, that's, that would be like somebody hating a redhead. So like that, there are parts of people you hate. Know, I'll ask my mom what she thinks about okay, redhead. Okay. That's not really what I thought you meant by that, but because I love, I love coconut. I love Almond Joy. So I sort of was thinking like, I always thought you would say that. Andy Dalton was the almond joy of quarterbacks because he's sort of great, but wildly unappreciated. But then you feel a little bit empty inside <laughs> once, you know, it's over. So who has ever described him as sort of great? He was a borderline MVP candidate in 2015. Oh, he was. Right. Okay. I want an almond joy when there are no other better options. And that's Andy Dalton. He's your quarterback when there aren't I, any other you know better what? options. I like it. I like it. Brief. Okay. That's right, fine. This this is, look, just, I want to, I want to put down for the record. This has gone. Very south for John Breach over the last three weeks on Andy Dalton. <laughs> All right, wow. so and, and, we've never talked about that before, so no one knows. That. Okay, so we the are going company's going to announce tomorrow that Almond Joy is not being sold anymore. We <laughs> are going to assign candies to the following quarterbacks. Who would like to go first here? We're going to go from goat to Let goat Ryan. to Trubisky. So who wants who wants to go first? Who's going to lit? Right, you know what, Ryan's, Ryan's seen the most candy tonight because he's got the most kids. So Ryan, you get your first up, Tom Brady. What candy is Tom Brady? 
All right, I'll tell you the candy. I'll give you my little uh, one-sentence blurb that Sean always insists on when he does MVP tabulations. I did it for this, and then you can rebut and make fun of me. I don't know. Tom Brady, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. You can't hate them because they're that good no matter what. You know, reading, whatever new thing comes script? along, you always come back to the RPBC, baby. <laughs> I like that. How's you, that did you pitch? read that off the script? Yeah, I wrote it. I wrote it down. I mean, actually, he's the only one here that actually like went through the rundown and pre-planned. Like, I'm just thinking of me on the fly here. Right. I took this seriously. Uh, Johnny, be bad. What you? Who you got for uh, Tom Brady? Or oh, we're two, going around. Or, each or, oh, should each we? Candy? Okay, I would like one rebuttal on Tom Brady, really quick. Yeah, we, go ahead. Okay, I think we should do two guys per quarterback. I, I like so, that. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna take. I agree with Ryan's initial take. I think that is. Technically the right answer because peanut butter cups are the best candies. However, I'm going a little outside the box here. Tom Brady reinvents himself, right? He All takes right. the peanut butter cup to a new level. He changes his body once he gets older. He's the take five. Have you had this effing candy? Is that it's, new? Yo, yeah. It's a peanut butter cup with a pretzel inside and it will blow right. your mind. I'm willing to try it, and, and you're right. He does change himself. Is the Take 5 more pliable than a Reese's Peanut Butter It cup? is. It is. It's a little crunchier, a little chewier. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not I, – I assume, Ryan, that you were – you know, you come from a conservative place, you know, buttoned up, very uh, very. Yeah, I grew up 100 miles from you. <laughs> I just want it to is, say It that. is the only TB12-approved candy. <laughs> what do you want to say, Sean? Oh, I think Reese's are overrated, so I don't agree with this. No, but my God. They're too sweet. Shut you up. Can't, I can't eat more than one. You're, no, you're gonna get you're too, you're definitely gonna guess at least one one star review. All right, I'm that just means being uh, myself. This, I, I mean, come on. I'm just, all right, I'm let's go. Lamar Jackson. I'm just being myself. Uh, okay. Uh, they want to go two per quarterback, Ryan. Oh, one more. Wait, we just did two, didn't we? Yeah, the Sean yeah. refused to move on without like chirping in that Reese's are overrated. You guys are gonna hate my candy, Sean. Things. Me and you are Lamar Jackson. Are you a sweet guy? Are you like no, a, really. like uh nerds, no. please nerds? All right, go ahead, John and or Sean. All right, John, John's going first. John's going first. You can counter on Lamar Jackson. All right, I am trying to find a candy list because Lamar Jackson is something oh special that most people aren't used to. So he is a payday. I am totally nuts over payday, and payday is totally nuts. Most people have not had a payday, so not used to having the quarterback run around and just terrorize you. And that is what uh, Lamar Jackson is, payday. I'm going to tell you that's the worst one yet. Yeah, and, uh, I'm going okay. to counter that. Let me, let me, let me, Sean, hey, Sean, you could name any candy right now and it would win. I think he's a Kit Kat because he can do two things so well. You can break it off. You can run with it. You can oh, my God. Throw. Sean, so that's exactly what I put down. You just I wrote, buried your face, Breach. I know. I wrote versatile. What's the first word I gave for Kit Kat going, for Lamar going, Jackson? Keep going, Sean. God, what, is, what else I wrote? I wrote a payday? A payday, John? Yeah, a payday. Jesus, man. You deserve not to get a payday. After Are this. you kidding me? You guys know anything about paydays? Have you ever had a payday? No if one knows no. about paydays. No. <laughs> if you had had one bite of a payday, you would say this is Lamar Jackson and Breach isn't crazy. A crisp wafer enrobed in a smooth and delicious milk chocolate coating. That's a Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> not Lamar Jackson. I, got no, it. I was I, born for this episode. <laughs> no, listen. I got that from Kit Kat. I'm stealing from them, so I want to give them credit. Candy they wrote that. That's how they described yeah, and ultimately delicious. I added that. All right, what's next? Gardner. Oh my, oh, my God. John, you should not get away with that payday comparison. Okay. Uh, 
Thank you, Breach, though, for lowering the bar so yeah, low. That was terrible. That's one of the worst things you've ever said. <laughs> Ryan, uh, uh, Ryan, you, I'll, I'm gonna let you go, and I'll just counter. What, uh, what does Gordon Minshew? No way. Wilson went first last time. You got to be able to hey, be dunked on it. Princeton's got to go first. Okay, Gardner Minshew. It's got to be something a little different, a little off the wall, but awesome. Well, maybe Ryan should go first because we're going to be here for five hours. No, I'm trying to think. Uh, Don't say payday. That's not a payday. Obviously, he's a payday. Clearly, he's a payday. Payday. While Brenton's thinking, I'll do a halftime. Sam Darnold, blueberry cereal. That's not Halloween. Yes. A blueberry cereal. <laughs> right, right, I got it. I got it. Go I got it. All right. Gardner Minshew, peanut butter M&Ms. Because here's the I'll deal. You go in and you stick your hand in that little trick-or-treat thing, and you're thinking, oh, great, another bag of M&Ms, another tiny bag of M&Ms That's that good. I grabbed in the sixth round, and it's just a bunch of crappy milk chocolate candy. And you open it up, and Bam! All of a sudden, you got some peanut butter inside of there. It's a way better M&M than the regular M&M. And you might be thinking, this is my new candy. I might roll with this candy. He's peanut butter M&Ms. I love it. The only thing is my 12-year-old has a severe nut allergy, so that would actually kill him. But (laughs) (laughs) I do that. Actually, I like that. Uh, Here's what I went with. I think Sean will appreciate this. Sour Patch Kids. They're not your first choice, but once you try them, you sort of like them. That's good too. Guy, you Ryan is, this sounds like an ad read every time Ryan talks. If I were in the fifties, I'd be doing radio ads. Just I missed my my <laughs> calling by sixty five years. Yes, you did. All right, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Uh, I got it. I'll yeah, go Nick Foles. Sean's up. Sour Skittles because you take the first couple bites or you have a little bit and it's really great and you love it and you think, oh, this is could actually be really good. But the more you eat it, the sour overpowers. Your mouth starts to feel a little fuzzy. And so that is Nick Foles because he's good for a couple games, um, but you don't want him for a long time. Sean, you peaked with your Lamar Jackson comparison. <laughs> you definitely should have just hung up. Uh, for Nick Foles, I have Twix because it's like you have two. Your left Twix breaks. Guess who comes a- in to save you? Your right Twix. And that's what Nick Foles does. He comes in and saves seasons, and then you don't need him anymore. Where also, also Nick Foles, notoriously streaky. So it's like you got one, like it's broken in half. No, I mean, 2013, he had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. No, I believe that part. What part of the Twix is streaky? Well, I just think like you got it's a there's a split dichotomy. You got two separate candies that are you know torn right. Out. You have left Twix and right Twix. Exactly. Here that put. Yeah. Yes. Hell yes. Well, yeah. Licorice. He looks like and has the personality of licorice. All right, let's go next one. Right, wow, Ryan sort of falling off the <laughs> Wait, I do here. like that you did more homework on this than any other podcast uh, ever. Ryan, was that Der- Der- Ryan, Der- Who was that? No, Ryan's, like, Ryan's like, now, uh, what's the name of the OC in Pittsburgh? <laughs> He's like, no, I do have a comparison candy for Brandon Allen. Um, Derek Carr, Ryan. Ooh. Ooh. It's your turn, right? Or is it my turn? No, I just went first. I, I would have oh, gone black licorice here. Here's the, here's what I put for Derek Carr. Actually, I, I think I'd switch licorice from him to, to Nick Foles. Derek Carr, nerds. He's a nerd. That's all I have. I guess I can't use, um, oh, you know what I'm going to, I'm going to do for Come Derek on. Carr? He's a whopper. Oh, the chocolate things you only get at the movie theaters? Yeah, the chocolate malt balls that, yeah. that people are like, you should try whoppers. They're kind of good. And you're like, Okay, okay, I can get down with this. I'll try a Whopper. And then you look at the Whopper, you taste the Whopper, you're like, that thing sucks. Why are you feeding that to me? I don't want to eat it. 
And then you're like, I'm never trying a Whopper again. It's in, they are called Whoppers, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm never trying a Whopper. Yeah. Like, I'm never trying one of those things again. And then two years later, like, people are like, you gotta try it. I'm telling you, it's not that bad. I'm telling you, it's coming around. You're gonna like it. And you try it. You're like, nope, it sucks. That's what Derek Carr is. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Um, Daniel Jones, Breach. Breach or Sean, who's up? Uh, John. Ooh, Daniel Jones. That is not something an you easy one. For. You want me to go first? Yes. You want to go first? You already got one? Yeah, I got one. I don't know how good it is, but it's all I could think of because I, I was. Is it better than Payday? <laughs> Every, everyone is better than Payday. Um, I think he's a black jelly bean because there were Jesus. so many better options there at number six. And like when you're in that jelly bean bag, the worst thing can happen is if oh, you take good. the black one out of out of the bag with all those good flavors. And that's what the Giants did. They could have had so many better players at number six, and instead they reached for the black jelly bean. Although I feel like now he's sort of graduated to a better tasting jelly bean because he's better than we thought. See, but, yeah. I would I would argue that um, since Breach didn't have a counter prepared, so I'm going to jump in here. Um, I would actually argue that Daniel Jones is a peppermint patty. I love peppermint patties. What's exactly. your version of peppermint? But how many pepper how many peppermint patties can you eat before you're like I'm done with peppermint ten. patties? Ten. Twelve. Ten little ones. No, you can't eat ten little peppermint patties. I've done it. Three and max. I don't feel great about it. Exactly. You eat ten of them, you're like, I am out on peppermint patties. Yeah. No, that's right. right. You can so I think I think that's where it is. Uh next Wait, up. Wait, does Breach have one? No. I think that Daniel Jones is a blue M M&M. M. Oh, you just stole Sean's. No. That's not even the same thing. It's a black jelly bean. Oh, has blue M and M. Sorry, go ahead, Corey. Why? Because blue M and M's are new. They were just recently added. It was kind of controversial because M and M's had not added a flavor in like sixty years, and then people are still kind of uh, not settled on the fact that blue M and M's are in there. There is a whole time. industry. I did not even Google. know there were blue M and M's. Surprisingly Great. compelling argument to dunk on Sean. Unfortunately, you do win because Sean's first candy was so terrible. Uh, this, is not, this is not my conversation. This is not my forte. I'm, I'm running out of candy. Like, I don't like candy. Um, Kirk Cousins. No longer Kirby. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Uh, is it my turn? Because I know I have the perfect Kirk Cousins. Yeah, go. Oh, I have a good one. Oh, no. Can I skip this one? Well, nope. Ryan has every single thing prepared. So let me go this one and then he no. can go after. I'm up <laughs> okay, on Kirk fine. Cousins and there's a very clear cut answer on Kirk Cousins. What and is it? Yeah. Probably, you probably got it. He's freaking candy corn, man. You nailed it. It's the only answer. Some people love him. Some people hate him. You try it. Who, like, do any of you guys here like candy corn? Love it. I, 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 I do love it, but it's disgusting. Love it. it's I think it's disgusting. disgusting. I love it, but it's disgusting. No, you nailed it. That's exactly right. Candy I love corn. Kirk Cousins, and he's disgusting. Everybody wants to hate him, but it turns out he's really good when you give him a chance. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. Jared Goff. Breach. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Breach. You got one this time or not yet? No, that was too quick a turn. He's got nothing. Wait, no, what was the two? I thought we wait, agreed. Candy corn, we agreed. Or, candy corn. No, you can't agree. You've got to have two different answers. Right. You have a There's no counter. It's the perfect answer. No, you've got to think on the fly and come up with your own answer. You can't use the answer twice. Uh, here's what happened, Breach. I said he's candy corn, and Ryan said, that's exactly what I had done on my paper. It's what we call a match, <laughs> a.k.a. Yeah, a perfect a answer. Game. We can pass it back over to Sean for Jared right, Goff. Jared Goff is a Milky Way. All right, how come? That's actually I think good Milky Ways are completely average, but some people think it's the all-time best candy in the right situation, a.k.a. if it's being coached by Sean McVay. Uh, but I do not care for Milky Ways, and I think they're overrated. 
I was so I have the exact same reasoning, but for a different candy bar. What do you mean? Snickers, which for me is like they're not bad. They're fine. Like you know, like you're no one. You're not going to turn down a Snickers, but it's never your first choice. Here, I got one. You want to hear? You mine? can always do better than a Snickers, but you can also no, do worse. No, you can't always do better. What like, about I really is that Snickers and Milky Way are basically the same thing, except Milky Way is trash. No, I like Milky Way better. Um, but here's what I have at Jerry Goff: Tootsie Roll. Under a certain light, he looks like a turd, but sometimes, under the right <laughs> circumstances, he can be good. <laughs> Ryan is good at this game. Right. Yeah. We should have just had a podcast of Ryan comparing quarterbacks to can't. <laughs> Ryan's about to get a right new now. daily podcast. Hey, sometimes it takes a while to find out what you're good at, so people, if you're listening, don't ever give up. <laughs> I'd Ryan be didn't know he was, <laughs> Ryan actually skipped going trick-or-treating with his kids. <laughs> I can't go. I'm leave me alone. No, what happened is his kids got back. He was like, all right, show me all the candy, and then he's, like, sorting yeah. it out under, like, headers and quarterbacks. This is on hand testing. Look at this piece of crap, Jared Goff. Um, all right, Ryan, you're up on our ooh, Russell Wilson. All right, this was actually sort of tough, especially this late in the game. Uh, I went with Twix. They're underrated, like Wilson. You have the caramel plus the crispy inside. That equals Wilson's versatility. Um, that's not a bad answer. You are unfortunately docked points for duplicating a candy answer. Uh, who would you call Twix already? Uh, call them that for Nick Foles. Yeah. Oh, that isn't. It was a bad answer. Look, Breach hadn't had a good answer yet, but he still stole Twix, so it doesn't matter. Um, I would say that Russell Wilson is the Hershey bar. A delightful candy and an elite candy, if you will, but literally there's nothing about it that's like special in terms of personality. Now, will it wow you with its different flavors? Of course okay, it will. Is it an absolutely bland and straightforward robot-style candy? You bet your ass it is. <laughs> Russell Wilson is the Hershey. All right, last one. We go to Sean first. Well, the problem is that I didn't realize there are people like you, Maniacs, who like candy corn. So in the Facebook AMA, I said Mr. Trubisky was candy corn because it's bad him. and there's no chance of him getting any better. Yeah, Just a lot like, of people hate candy corn, though. I think EK hates candy corn. Correct? Wait, didn't you call somebody black licorice? I called them a black jelly bean. And I called them okay, a black Okay, licorice. but black jelly bean, like, at least candy corn, you could, like, drunkenly eat candy corn. I, you, I, I would never, even you would like never elk, eat a black jelly bean. Like, oh, look, a black jelly bean. Mr. Trubisky is when you are trick-or-treating as a kid and you go to the house and that one Ooh. house has like fruit that they're handing out, like apple slices. I got, you guys I got, ever that happened to you? That's what it is. I got the better you answer. You get candy when you get to the door and you get a damn apple slice. No, no, no. You know what, you know what Mr. Trubisky is? What? He's that stupid ass butter popcorn flavored jelly bean. Where you think oh, it's yeah. like, you're like, oh man, oh, it's just a normal jelly bean. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, and you're like choking because it tastes like buttered popcorn and it can't like- hit an open receiver down the field. I actually had my answer for Trubisky ready. Go ahead. I'm, I'm glad Brinson bumped in though. Um, <laughs> I think that Mitchell Trubisky is raisinets. It is a total, for the most part, trash candy, but there is a small segment of people Chicago Bears front office that really appreciates the candy and therefore decided they should trade up ahead of Reese's Cups and Snickers and, <laughs> and other much better candies to get the Raisinets. And now they are stuck with the Raisinets that clearly no one likes anymore. And, you know, you get like a handful of Raisinets. You don't just get one. You get you get a lifetime supply. So now they are just stuck with all these Raisinets. Can you imagine, can can you imagine like the, the scene of this house? There's a line of three kids. 
And it's like, uh, it's like Andy Reid and whoever the hell is in charge of the Texans. And then like Ryan Pace and Pace is in the back and he's like, Hey, Hey, I will give you $40 and whatever this candy is for those raisinettes. And Andy Reid's like, uh, I'll just take the, uh, peanut butter cups. And, uh, I mean, first like, Andrew's like, are you serious? Yeah, he's like, really? Why is, why is this guy with the raisinets? And also sometimes it can't, are raisinets always dipped in yogurt or are they just, I don't know. I don't just know. Chocolate, chocolate or yogurt. But well, usually I think the classic is chocolate. But see, that's even better. It's like sometimes Trubisky is dipped in yogurt and you're like, ah, oh, like, uh, this guy's kind of making some throws I can get down with. And then you're like, nope, nope, he's a chocolate covered raisinette. A total piece of crap. <laughs> can I, um, can I offer one for a different, a quarterback that we already mentioned? That let, me, let me get my Mitch Trubisky answer first, then you can. <laughs> Ryan's like, I will get these answers off. Hey, I wrote it down. I spent four hours on this. I'm going to get this in. My son didn't see me today on his birthday, Halloween. I will get these answers off. Uh, circus peanuts. <laughs> They're boring. They taste like styrofoam. Out of place and eminently replaceable. That's Mr. Biscay. You could go almost, with almost one of the pretzels, but I thought circus peanuts were a better fit. You know what I had tonight was uh, some um, uh, uh, pumpkin-coated pretzels. They were actually really good. Oh yeah, you're a big pumpkin guy. All right, I'm gonna give you guys one that you guys are gonna hate and you're gonna dunk on me for it, but I don't care because it's me being my true self. Great. I think Kirk Cousins. You're circling back to a quarterback we already talked about. I said it was gonna be about a quarterback already mentioned. Why is he Butterfinger, Sean? Because I like actually good, and no one and everyone refuses to acknowledge it. Probably we don't. Like, I, Butterfingers are the best candy out there. I just said I like Butterfinger. Brenton agrees with you. So. A lot of people don't like Butterfingers. You just don't. I bet you yourself. if you posted a Facebook poll right now and asked, "Are Butterfingers good?" More people would say no than yes. No, I you was, need a candy bar to compare it to. If I want a chocolate covered, flaky peanut buttery flavor candy bar in the middle, I'm having a Fifth Avenue over yes. a Butterfinger, guys. Fifth yeah, Avenues are delicious, and that's what Kirk Cousins is. Because most people don't like Fifth Avenues. I personally appreciate them. Butterfingers is my favorite. I think chocolate. Jimmy G is more like a Fifth Avenue. I think like, like if you were ba- if you were banking on like a, a candy bar to date a porn star, it'd be Fifth Avenue over Butterfinger. Jimmy oh, G's oh, baby. It Bruce. would be the Toblerone bars. <laughs> is that a sexual joke? I don't even get that. No, just uh, read into it what you want. All right, do we? Uh, Where'd Baker Mayfield be? Breach likes it. Ryan didn't even acknowledge it. He's like disappointed. I want to make Ryan. I want to make Ryan there. think of these on the fly. What would uh, we're running out of candies? But what would Baker Mayfield yeah. be? So uh, I don't know. He would have to be something good. I got it. It's a a warhead because at first you like love it, and then it, at the end it just turns bland and unforgettable. Yeah. Wow. A lot uh, of hype, and then it's very disappointing. You hate to see Sean dethrone Ryan on this candy move at the last second. I've been waiting to use warhead on something, and yeah, I don't. I don't think, I've never had a warhead. Um, he, no, Baker would be a Mr. Good bar where you have the chocolate in there that everyone loves, but then if you're allergic to peanuts because there's little peanut slices in there, that you're going to die, and so you hate it. And so that is like uh, that, that guy. Hate it. <laughs> so maybe what Mr. Would, good bar. Um, All right. What would Mason... we move on to the five-star reviews? Oh, yeah, we'll go to five-star reviews. All right, that's enough. Man, that was a fun segment. You're Mike... Welcome. Eight 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 big says new listener really enjoying the podcast love it thanks Mike if uh, if you like the podcast and you want more of this candy talk um make sure to subscribe rate and review as a Ravens fan 
I have to wonder what Bill Belichick is scheming up to try and stop Lamar and company. What do you guys think the most important key for the Ravens to win on Sunday is? Also, what do we think Brady's career would have been like if the Ravens would have chosen him as it's been reported? I did. Sure. I mean, uh, thanks, Mike Kornblatt. Uh, I don't, has it been reported that Ravens wanted to draft Brady? Well, maybe, you know, 2000 it was around that time. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, like everyone's, it's like Every Russell Wilson. Been, right. Like the Seahawks and Eagles yeah. have been linked to Russell. Sure. So I'm not questioning that. Um, he went the sixth round. I would, uh, his career would be as good. First of all. Well, yeah, the, the Ravens historically have been terrible with quarterbacks. Basically, Joe Flacco has been good. I mean, he's been the best quarterback in Ravens history. Lamar Jackson might great. already be the best quarterback in Ravens history. Well, we'll see. I mean, like two more years, he does this, sure. But I think it's fair to say that Joe Flacco was their first good quarterback ever. I mean, Kyle Bowler was terrible. They wanted Byron Leftwich in that 2003 draft. It's weird because you keep Dilfer. telling Brady Quinn that Lamar Jackson will be the, one of the best three players in football. No, he's been saying the best player in football in two or three years. Yeah, now he's it. like, Joe Flacco's great. I no, I just said he's I the best Ravens quarterback ever. That's what I just said. As for what I think the Ravens are going to be up against against the Patriots, I think they're going to stop the run. Going to make Lamar throw the ball, so he's get he's got to be able to, you know, use Mark Andrews. And I would just have Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin running deep routes just to at least give the semblance of, of going deep. I don't think they're going to. They got to figure out how to stop Lamar. I don't know if they can do it. I was really surprised because I mean the Patriots obviously run the most. Man to man of anybody, any team in the NFL on a regular basis, right? But I, I, it, Sports Info Solutions has them running like a, it, I mean, it's almost like, it's like, it's not 50 50, but it's like 60 40 man to zone. So I think they're going to run a ton of zone and just sit back and make Lamar try to pick apart the zone. And if he can do that, that, good for him. The other alternative is, is that the Ravens go full 2018 and just, Run the option on them. Now, I personally think that the Ravens will win the game, and that sounds insane. But I, think, I picked them to win. I just think they Harbaugh. Hey, you are the straight up king. It's true. Harbaugh's twelve and one straight up. Breach thinks he's the straight up king. Well, we no one can up, see guys. you guys. No one can see you guys making gestures at each other. That so was they verbalize what you're saying. It is in fact an audio podcast, Breach. <laughs> I forgot it was audio. That's funny because I can see John perfectly fine. Mm. I will say, though, that I agree with Brinson 100%. I think that whether it's zone, something – no, about how Belichick's going to play this. Also, I can confirm that John Breach is the straight-up king. Yeah. Eat it, Go ahead, John. Eat a payday. He's up, uh, by, he's up by three games on you, man. What are you even talking about? He's been hot the last two weeks. Go ahead, John. So – I think you're, if you're Belichick, you just say, hey, we're going to make sure this team doesn't run on us, and we're going to let Lamar Jackson try and beat us with his arm because he really hasn't had to do that. We've seen him make good throws this season. He's better passer this year than he is last year, but he hasn't proven kind of what Sean was saying about Jimmy Garoppolo way earlier. We don't know that he can win a game with his arm, and I think that's what Belichick is going to force out of this. Uh, and one thing, there's a story from a couple years ago, former Ravens offense coordinator Matt Cavanaugh Push to draft Tom Brady. Mm. He got vetoed, and this was before one of their Super Bowls, and multiple people in the Ravens' war room confirmed his story. Uh, they just shot him down, and you know who they drafted instead at quarterback that year? It wasn't first round, second round, anything. They took Chris Redman. They, they did not listen to Matt Cavanaugh. Yeah, I hate to see it. 
Um, you know where Matt Cavanaugh is right now? In our favorite town. He was with the Bears at some point. Washington Redskins. <laughs> you hate to see that too. Sixty-three years old. Sixty-three years old, wondering why they didn't draft Tom Brady and why he's not in the Hall of Fame. That's right. W Y D. What's the next question? James Gore says, "You guys have ta- oh, you hate to see it, Breach. You guys have talked a lot about Andy <laughs> Dalton and the Bengals. He's been benched now. Don't know if you guys heard uh, John Breach and Andy Dalton have been benched, but would it be more fair to say that the coaching is more at fault than his play?" The offensive yes. line is terrible, and they have small name running backs. But you look at the 49ers, and they are third on, on the third string lineman in some spots. They're not losing constantly; they're flourishing. If the coaching was decent, would they be better with Dalton than without, or should they look at the coaching staff? Breach. I'll let you uh, decide whether or not. I don't know. Zach Taylor. I'll, I'll say than a couple Kyle things Shanahan. here. I, I don't think the coaching has been great. I think, for instance, if Kyle Shanahan was the coach of this team, because he used the 49ers as an example, I think they would have two or three wins if Kyle Shanahan was the coach. It's not like, but there is definitely a talent discrepancy. And I don't think you can say they have small name running backs. Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing last year. Their problem, as our friend James mentioned, and, and he mentioned the offensive line, it is the offensive line. If the 49ers had the Bengals offensive line, they would be like, Four and four right now, or five and three. They the 49ers were are down two of their offensive line starters. No, that's what I'm saying is that the Bengals' offensive line is still that much less talented than what the 49ers have right now. And the Bengals are also down two starters. But their starters were already worse than the 49ers' backups. So now they're <laughs> down to uh, the bottom of the barrel. And so they don't have anybody. And that's the thing is that they don't have any depth, and there's hey, just nothing John, there. John, not, so, to, not to interrupt you, but um... – how many consecutive linemen have the Bengals drafted that got injured before the season started? I mean, it's not their fault. You sure about that? Jonah Williams' injury is their fault. Is that what you're saying, Brinson? Billy Price? Is that? He got benched before he got hurt, I think. No, he tore no, his pec before Billy the Price season. Billy Price got injured in the combine before they even drafted him. His bench pressing. Oh, oh, good. Oh, so they drafted a guy who tore his pec while bench pressing. Exactly. That's, that's not – that's a bad front office move that you thought that could pay off. So that's not the for, that's not the Bengals' fault. That's what you're saying. But I'm saying that they're not great at adding talent. They don't have the talent on their team. And whose fault is that? That's the front office's fault. That's not the coach's fault. What if? What if? And this is a crazy hypothetical. What if the Bengals? Oh my God. What if the Bengals are bad at evaluating talent and coaching and everything else? I mean, that's not. That crazy of a hypothetical. <laughs> well, in, in breach of defense. That doesn't sound like a hypothetical. <laughs> no, no. In breach's defense, they went to how many straight playoff appearances under Marvin? Yeah. So at some point they had, you know, we Five. used to kill them for, for signing players that had just gotten arrested and continue to get arrested. But they, at some point, found ways to get guys who were good enough to, to go to the playoffs five straight years. And that's since changed. That's weird because you didn't mention they lost all five of those. And... I didn't want to bring it up, but at least they went to the playoffs. I mean, look, they're 0 and 8. Vontaze Burford was walking his... into the tunnel and pooped his pants, and the whole team crapped the bed. So this guy's question was about the coaching. I, I am fine with Zach Taylor this year, but if they're Zach... still junk, I, I don't think he should get a two-year pass. So if he's bad next year, th- you got to look to uh, somewhere else. But I think he does deserve a one-year pass. Okay, would you trade Zach Taylor for Freddie Kitchens? No. Adam Gase? No. Okay. Cliff Kingsbury? Yes, probably. It's close, though. Vic Fangio. <laughs> what is Vic Fangio going to do with the Bengals' defense except, like, cry and be miserable every time? <laughs> yeah, definitely not Vic Fangio. Beat them with a fanny pack. All right, last one. Tom, 314 Good username. I like it. 
Uh, while other podcasts deliver content weekly, these guys are machines pumping out pods almost daily. Almost daily, please, buddy. Uh, Tom, three, two, one. I don't watch the Saturday podcast, Prince. <laughs> Great for keeping up with the takes on news and both preparing <laughs> for and recapping each week. Good stuff. But seriously, thank you, Tom. Updated with, updated with question. How do the Super Friends watch the games on Sunday afternoons to prepare for Sunday night recap pod? This is a great question. Red Zone Channel, Game Mix, multiple screens. I actually don't think that we've ever discussed this. And I've tried to sort of organize a watch situation, and you guys are like, no, nah, I'm watching Red Zone. That was Ryan and Breach who said that. Right, so, uh, uh, well, Sean, I'll ask you first then. How do you what, – what, what is your Sunday like when you watch football? So I have two – TVs, only one of which get cable. Right. So for the one that's on cable, usually I will put Red Zone on. And then for the one that doesn't have cable, I usually stream Sunday Ticket and we'll either just pick one game for each window that I really want to focus on or just swap between games. Um, but even then, like to be honest, that's usually not even like adequate to get every single game. Um, a lot of times like the NFL will actually post extended highlights on YouTube that I will watch before the mm. podcast. Really? Um, you do I, extra work? I mean, I need to like, I need, I, I want, so I have a running Google doc during the day where every single game where I, I keep notes. Um, so that I, I need to make sure I have at least something to say for every game. I'm so, if it wasn't so late, Ryan's mind would be blown at how, um, <laughs> you guys don't keep notes throughout the day. No, John, Sean's. Yeah, I do. But I mean, I don't have a running, like, is it, it's not like a running like Excel sheet with like, no, I just, every week I start a new Google Doc with every single game, and I have bullet points in it. Every yeah, single yeah, game. for sure. Um, I was gonna ask you. Oh, uh, Brian was gonna give me a compliment before you interrupted him. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he's not just freewheeling and fran- fancy free. I, I understand. That. I wasn't yeah. as good of a compliment as I thought it was gonna be. Well, you keep notes. Great job. I, I, I don't I'm not calling <laughs> you out on that. That sounds like a dad complimenting his son for riding a bike. For doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, for taking out the well, trash. Well, was a surprise. Well, well, that's why I was I, I spoke up. Okay. Uh, uh, Ryan, how do you watch? Uh, so I'm in my basement, red zone on the big television, and usually on I have an old laptop that I watch. Like you're just th- sort of like Sean, one game or two games, and um, focus on that. And uh, I also take notes just because I can't remember things. And um, sometimes during the week, if there's something I I, I feel like I need to see how I'll watch like the replay, the short replay, but the short replays are now no longer 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Yeah. It's like, I don't have two days to watch eight games. So take notes. We'll talk about it. And there's something particular I want to see in a game. I'll go watch that. But, but that's, um, that's how I do it. You know what? I almost wish that I had to go, like I almost wish CBS was based in Raleigh and I had to go into the office so I could go in there and like sit in a cubicle and watch game pass for eight hours. You know what I mean? Like I can't yeah. watch Game Pass for eight hours at my house. There's too much. No. Like it's it's too many no, it's literally not possible. Like someone will come up here and be like, "Oh, you're talking like on a Tuesday, like yeah. after the week." My wife will be like, "Yeah, eh, you know what? Uh, did you want more avocados?" Like, I usually I go back I and avocados? rewatch yeah, the games or moments of the games depending on like what I'm writing about. So like for sure. quarterback power rankings, if I'm leading with a certain quarterback, then I'll go watch. His snaps. Gotcha. Um, but it's impossible to watch all, obviously. Well, you, you can, but I mean, games. like, I, I mean, well, anyway, I, I don't, John. Well, uh, you have writing responsibilities too. You can't spend every hour doing that. Yeah. John, uh, how do you watch football on Sundays? Uh, it sounds like I'm pretty similar to these two guys. I have two TVs and a tablet. So I try to keep 
three things going at once. The tablet is kind of on my desk, and I put that on any super interesting game or big game. Uh, for instance, this week, the 1 p.m. slot, it could be Colts-Steelers. It could be Vikings-Chiefs, a game that uh, probably should be watched because we're going to talk about it a lot because it's a bigger game. And then one TV's on Red Zone, and then the other TV's just on whatever game I feel like watching. Lifetime. Okay, so I think we're all pretty close. I've actually completely abandoned Red Zone. What? I don't want. I haven't watched Red Zone in two years. Don't, I mean, uh, I don't, what's going on? Is here? it because you hate Scott Hansen or Andrew Siciliano? Both. Um, I love Siciliano. <laughs> no, no, I, no I, yeah. I, well, I'm Direct TV, so I'm Siciliano. But what I do is, um, I have one TV. I have, I have three TVs in my office. One is on the um, uh, local Fox and local CBS game because it's like on an HD antenna. And then I have two TVs with two games on each. I just flip back and forth between them. And, you, you know, you, you have to you have to maneuver around a little bit unlike the other, you know, because like, what are we talking about, nine games max? So I got to be able to squeeze in two extra games in there. But I try and, you know, like there'll be weeks where like if it's Jets, Bills, and it's a meaningless game, I'm not watching it. Or like even Bucks every Titan. Bengals game, every Bengals game. That's not game. funny, Sean. That's not funny. It's not funny. It's true. Like it's like I'm not, I'm not watching the Bengals. That's the only mean. time I watch the Bengals is when I bet on the Jaguars in the second half to beat the Bengals. And I was like, ah, I probably need to watch this. And it's like, man, this why would you? Who? That's what I came up with the mayonnaise thing. Like, who would watch this stupid team? <laughs> Wouldn't you rather just shovel mayonnaise in your mouth than watch this idiotic Bengals team? No offense, Breach. Um. So yeah, I watched them play the Seahawks. Offense taken, but, offense but, taken. But so I generally try to get two games on one TV, two games on the other TV, so six games total in the first window, and then the late window is usually three games, and I can you know obviously watch all Chargers. three of those at once. Chargers, right? Well, but depends on what whatever the better game is is the main TV. Yeah, I want to see Philip Rivers dying at the end of yeah face off. Um, but then the best part about Game Pass is you can go back and supplement it the next day. So like if I missed a game and I'm like, why did this happen? Like I can go and figure that out. And then you try and rewatch certain games, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's sort of how my Sunday goes. Any other additions? Nope. And then we reconvene at midnight and then I go to bed at two 30. Yep. And this podcast and, is going to end up being almost <clears throat> an hour and a half. Amazing. And Sean watches soccer. That's, that's usually before the football. I'm usually waking up at like five or six my time for Arsenal. Just for the record, this podcast was short until the, the candy quarterback segment got to be. That's why I was trying to get there, man. Well, it was a great segment though. It's a great segment. Maybe the best my segment na- of the podcast. By the way, my neighbor's like, first I was okay with the football talk, but now he's up till 1030 screaming about candy. That's where I draw the line. Well, look, man, it's Thursday and this guy's like 28. He can, he can, he can hear a little Kit Kat talk on Halloween until 10.30 p.m. Time to grow up, John. Not Why does his name have to be John? Jim. It's not even John. What's his name, Sean? I'm not gonna, just give, no, we're name. not is antagonizing. Dwight? Is it Dwight? No. It's Dwight. No one, no one is listening. The only person listening right now is EK and Devo, and they're banging their head against the desk about why the podcast is still going. Then say his name. <laughs> what is it? Just whisper it. You guys want a fun fact to end the podcast? Kenyon Drake's <laughs> touchdown against phone. the 49ers was his first touchdown since the Miami Miracle last year. That is a fun fact. 
If that one gets tweeted out, you know people are listening to the end. Sean, <laughs> what's his name? It's a test. Give us a first a first letter. Come on. R. Ron, definitely Ron. No. Okay. Why are we still podcasting? This is ridiculous. It, I'm looking at a little timer on Skype. It's been an hour and 50 minutes since I've started talking to you, Sean. It's, it's Ricky. No. <laughs> Ricky Martin. Roberto? No, stop it. Let's, why are we... Ryan, can we just hang out? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.